I'm a lot like Tua. A lefty, I can throw two-yard passes to the left. I'm accurate, and I'm smart. God, that two-yard pass gets me every time. <laughs> You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back. Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Daniel. Welcome back, Daniel. Hello. Last, was it mon- was it the Monday night game, the Patriots game? That was Monday night, correct? Yes, With correct. the wind? Yeah, yeah. That was a crazy, crazy wild game. Mac Jones, I guess, before the show, Daniel and I always sit down and we, we have the, the skeleton of a sheet and we reorganize things and we talk some things. We were talking about, now I'm, now I'm saying his name again, um, not, the, not the YouTube star turned boxer, Logan Paul, is that who we're talking about before the show? <laughs> Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, Jesus. You got me all confused. You got it right, though. The, uh, the YouTube star yeah, is yeah. Logan Paul. That, that, that's right. That's why, I got, that's why I had it all messed up in my head. But, yes. you know, that's kind of what we, we sit down and we just talk about those things. And, I mean, we got to talk about this ball game. Mac Jones had three passing attempts. I know it was bad weather, but is that like, what's up with that, Daniel? Three passing attempts. Josh Allen only had 10. So, yes, um, it definitely was the weather. I know um, I saw I saw one stat. Here it is. Um, the three passing attempts was the fewest, obviously, in Patriots franchise history, but the fewest by any team since 1974. That is crazy. And they say it's a it's passing about, league, Daniel. They try to say this is a sure. passing league. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, like, like Bill Belichick always says, whatever wins the game. And, you know, what's crazy is uh, about Mac Jones. Mac says that exact same thing this week uh, to the media. So he is, he is completely bought in. He said it doesn't matter how many times you run it or throw it as long as you win. He does not care at all. Which is which is great for the Patriots organization. So he is he is completely bought into the Patriot way. That's for sure. Yeah, he doesn't care. A lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of people are projecting Mac Jones to be high on Rookie of the Year. I don't know that I see that. What's your take here on on Mac Jones being the potential Rookie of the Year? Let's just go straight to that. Well, let me ask you why you don't see it. The reason that I don't see it is because. Mac Jones hasn't done anything spectacular consistently enough to be the one difference maker for his team or for any team. I think that Jamar Chase has done that. I think that Jamar Chase should be the, the, the rookie of the year, period. Um, and if it's not him, then I think it should be Micah Parsons in, in Dallas. Like you said, there, it's a shame that Dallas is going to have two potential award winners with one of the worst defenses in football, but that's a reality. But I really do think that Jamar Chase was a difference maker injected straight into football. And he's already almost, he's near 1,000 yards in his first season. It's week 14. This is going to be 
this is going to be a, a big, big rookie year for Jamar Chase. And, and I think that he made a bigger impact on Cincinnati than Mac Jones did on, on New England, but not just in those specific situations. I think that would be true regardless of the teams. That's my big thing. And that, it's nothing against Mac Jones. But when you, when you have a coach like Bill and – it's just an unfair handicap that he's getting. Does that make sense? Am I getting, I'm trying to get there where I'm like, he just doesn't quite have the opportunity to be the guy. Does that make, am I making sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. And I know Jamar Chase, I mean, obviously he started out the year just absolutely on fire. I mean, everyone was just waiting for it every, every week it seemed to happen, but let me, let me hit you with these stats. You, you mentioned we're on week 14 now. Jamar Chase now, he hasn't gone over 52 yards since week seven. And he scored two touchdowns in that whole time. Yeah, I see. So these are his games, 52, 49, 39, and a couple 32-yard weeks. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, I mean, it's getting – it's and, you know, it's nothing against him because, I mean, he's a rookie wide receiver. This happens. You can't just – you know, go Justin Jefferson. Um, he's going know, and, Justin and Jefferson, just, though. I mean, he really is. He's at, he's well, at, he was. He was. Um, but the inconsistency shows that he is human. And I think if the Patriots, because right now they have the best seed in the AFC, if that holds or they at least get to the number two seed, I don't know how you don't really strongly consider Mac Jones there because he touches the ball every single play. So when you're talking about him not doing, you know, not being kind of the MVP of his own team, you know, they have a timeshare of running backs. They don't really have a whole lot of talent at wide receiver. Um, Jacoby Myers is by far their best receiver. Kendrick Bourne's just, you know, he's okay. But I mean, I, I think if this season ended right now with the Patriots being the number one seed kind of coming out of nowhere, I think my vote would probably be Mac Jones, honestly. I mean, if the, if the Patriots finish as a number one or two seed, do you still think it's by far and away Jamar Chase? I guess I don't. If Jamar finishes I, how he is like in the last few weeks. First of all, just to clear it up, did I say far and away? Were those my words? You said clearly. Okay. So I okay. Okay. I put those words in your mouth. That's fine. No, yeah. no, no, no. And I and I'm and I was guess I was asking what was the message that I was giving. So you answered you answered my question. No, if 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 we see games where Mac Jones goes back to lighting the world on fire, going into the playoffs to keep that number one seed. You know, if if there comes a point where Bill says, "Here, Mac, you know, go win this ball game." I think, I think I, you're right. It's not clearly. I shouldn't have said it that way because it's really not clear. If Mac Jones does that and maintains his position, yes, he could. He, he, considering where they came from last year to where they are this year, I know the defense has a lot to do with that, but the quarterback position does too. So, okay. I, I, okay. I guess it's a wait and see. But Jamar Chase is high on the list too. Is that right? Are we saying the same thing about both players? Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think if. <laughs> I think Jamar Chase should win Rookie of the Year at this point, but I'm I'm seeing a world 
where Mac Jones is the rookie of the year by the end of the year. I mean, you're talking about it, it does come down to stats too. I mean, it's not just kind of where your team finishes, but here's the thing that's holding Mac Jones back. He's only thrown three touchdowns or more once this whole year. And he's only gone over 300 yards twice. And they haven't had a buy until this week. So that is out of 13 weeks. So his stats on paper are not that good. They're not. I mean, they're just not. They're, winning, fact, they're a winning team despite, I mean, it's not, it's not due to Mac Jones. It is, Mac Jones is just a guy on a great team. That's it. Yeah, he has thrown under 200 yards four times and under 250 yards one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Eight out of 13 weeks. So, so Jamar Chase is the, clearly the, the front runner. The stats aren't pretty. <laughs> clearly the front but, runner. But if the Patriots keep doing this, it's really, it's really hard not to, not to really strongly consider him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I agree with that. I think we – I can't think of a lot of other coaches. Let's go to, to Coach of the Year. We've got that next on the sheet. Bill Belichick, to me, is far and away the leader, and I think he is to you. Excuse me. <clears throat> Bill Belichick is far and away to me. There I said it, far and away. Uh, the front runner for coach of the year. And I think that you would agree with that because I think this was your note put on the sheet here. But I had mentioned it before. Yeah. With the way that this team turned around, I expected this. I, I, had, I didn't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but last year, all the COVID opt-outs, there were high-end defensive players on the Patriots opting out for COVID protocols. And in my gut, I just, I just knew to not forget that because the way the contracts worked, the, the players weren't exactly penalized and, and it could have, it could have worked well in the Patriots favor to get picks. And I thought, no, this doesn't make any sense, but, but here we are. All those players are back, whether the conspiracy theories are true or not, the Patriots defense is, is exactly who we thought they were. And Bill has a, Young quarterback looking like Tom Brady. Don't I mean the the number one? I think I saw today the most likely Super Bowl matchup right now is Tampa Bay versus New England. That was like eleven percent probability. Uh, the media wants that so bad. Can you imagine? I mean, I think Bill Belichick is the coach of the year again. Yeah, the I saw a side by side of. Tom Brady versus Mac Jones in their first 12 career starts going into last week. And it's, it's eerie <laughs> 20 years apart. And, you know, there's, there's one, one game, like one victory apart. Mac Jones has a higher completion percentage by 5%. Uh, they both threw 16 touchdowns in that time. And, Mac Jones has like 400, a little less than 400 yards difference in passing. So it's just crazy how they've, they, they started their careers. And, you know, we all envision when we think of Tom Brady, he was great from the beginning because he led him to a Super Bowl. But Mac Jones is doing the exact same thing with this current Patriots team. And if he leads them to a Super Bowl, oh, my gosh, the, the comparisons are just going to fly. So the media really, really wants this. Um, but yeah, going back to coach of the year, I think the only other coach in consideration, it's the only other one that I can think of is Cliff Kingsbury. Because you, yeah, think yeah. A, you, you have a Cardinals team that legitimately didn't make the playoffs last year. So it wasn't like due to, 
you know, injury, like a bunch of injuries or opt-outs like the Patriots had. They didn't have a bunch of players returning. And so they kind of had to put a team together. Um, the only real, like, acquisitions they had mostly were just, like, older veterans like A.J. Green and J.J. Watt, you know, guys that you hope would, you know, help the locker room more than anything at this point in their careers. And the fact that they have the number one record in – the NFL in the hardest division in football is really impressive to me. So I, I do think Bill Belichick is, is the easy victor here, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury is definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Those are a lot of good points. And I hate to even go back to Indianapolis. I don't want to labor on about that, but if, if the Indianapolis Colts rally and, and make a, a, a I mean, if they win out, then I think we talk about Frank Wright too. We, we talk about that each week because every week is a playoff week for, for Indianapolis. Um, but the, the way that team is solid, we talked about that before the show too. You know, there was something that came out from Hard Knocks where Quentin Nelson ran to the coach, ran to coach uh, Wright and said, hey, you know, basically run the damn ball. And Frank said, okay, we'll run the damn ball. And they ran the ball. And uh, Daniel and I were talking about this before the show too. And then afterwards, Quentin came over and, you know, he thanked the coach for trusting him, and then the coach thanked the player for executing. It was that kind of relationship. I mean, that's what coaching is. So if it works, okay, and it has to work for this to happen, then Frank Wright could win it. But that's a long shot. I don't even want to, like, I talked more about that than I wanted to. I agree with you. I think it's Bill Belichick first. Cliff Kingsbury is definitely in the conversation, especially if Arizona is who we think they are. And then my only third that I can think of is Frank Reich. I mean, you like to see coaches like that have a great relationship with their players. You know, we all talk about Bill Belichick, and it seems like, you know, in our eyes, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes because, you know, the Patriots usually never let us. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like there is that relationship with Bill and his players. But you did, know, you I watched see, uh, did you watch the uh, – on the Monday broadcast, did you watch the, the Manning broadcast? Uh, yeah, I watched two and so quarters of that. I, yeah, we learned the, broadcast. We learned a little bit about Bill Belichick during that uh, broadcast. Mac Jones is the first quarterback that Peyton Manning's ever requested an interview for and was not granted access to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Peyton Manning said, and he said it several times. I don't know if it's yeah, true. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, Peyton said Bill Polian did that to him. Um, when he was a rookie too, because he came in and there's obviously when you're highly regarded like that, you go in the first round, uh, there, there could be a lot of distractions and a lot of people wanting to talk to you and get your mind off football. And they, you know, New England right now is just focused on football. And they said, basically, you have to go through all these steps to talk to Mac and we're basically not going to let it happen no matter who you are. And that's, um, that's another thing that they said during that broadcast. Uh, I don't remember. Who, oh, it was uh, Akib Tlaib, I think. Akib Tlaib. Wait a minute. Is that the right? I'm not thinking of the right. Yeah, name. you're right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Went to uh, went to New England, and and essentially what he said was, it's all about football. Coach doesn't care yeah. if you're wearing a banana suit to practice. He doesn't care if you show up, you do your job, you know your job, you understand your role, and you execute it. He couldn't give a shit less about anything else. And I think yeah. I think that we see this like grim, gruff, hard-lined guy, and that's what he is. Uh, but it's all about football, right? And, and I think that if you get inside of Coach Belichick's circle, he's probably a very friendly 
friendly guy. I bet he's a really, really cool guy once you get inside um, and you can really see him. If he doesn't care about, <laughs> about your influence and his existence, then you're not going to get that. But for the, for the guys on the team, I, I, I imagine that he is a, an amazing head coach. Yeah, Cam, Cam played there for one year. Cam Newton had nothing but great things to say about him, and it sounds like he'll say great things until the day he dies. Say that again, Daniel. You broke up. Sorry. Yeah, Cam Newton, he was only there one year, and he he raves about Bill Belichick and playing for him and you know, says that he's one of the best people he's ever uh, you know been around and, and got coached by. So um, he'll, he'll say nothing but great things about Bill uh, forever. And he was only there one season. Well, there you go. How much do you want to bet? Um, do you want to bet on these rookie of the year picks or a players of the year, or coaches of the year? I mean, uh, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah, but they're the favorites usually don't have good odds. Oh, so we're not going to bet on that. Do you want to bet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do Let's bet? do it. You want to bet on anything else? There it is. Best bets of the week. Welcome back. Best bets of the week. Last week got really, really close. Um, you can essentially almost count that as a three-in-one week uh, for me, but lost right at the last second on one of them. I was, I was two and two last week, so I'm hoping to bounce back this week. I have actually usually I specialize in over-unders. This week, I think Vegas is kind of overcorrected a little bit. Some of the games are really bad, and I can still see them go under. And then some of the games can be pretty high-scoring, and they have the lines – Kind of at perfect amounts this week, so I don't like any of the overrunners. Um, so kind of taking over what Corey did here. I'm just going to take some spread bets this week, uh, my four favorite spread bets. And my first one um, is the Browns against my Ravens, and I am taking the Browns. They are favored by two and a half, so the Browns to win by a field goal. You know, the Ravens have just not looked very good. They, they're kind of on an ugly streak right now, and – you know, the reason they went for two at the end of that game last week um, against the Steelers and not sending it into overtime was because uh, they lost Marlon Humphrey. They had another corner injury, and their third corner is um, Anthony Averett, who's just a liability. So if the Browns scout this right, um, because Marlon Humphrey, their best defender, is out for the year, the Browns could have a very good game against the Ravens. And the Ravens have not looked hot on offense at all. Lamar has looked very rusty, and the Browns have a great defense, not just their defensive backs, but they will be able to stop Lamar's running game um, there with uh, Devonta uh, Freeman and Latavius Murray. So I like the Browns this week, minus two and a half. Um, my next one is the Seahawks at the Texans. The Seahawks are favored by seven and a half. I liked what I saw uh, from the Seahawks last week. It's kind of a bounce back game, much needed. Russell Wilson's getting healthier with his hand. Um, he had surgically repaired. It kind of took him a few weeks. Um, they're getting kind of back on track with DK Metcalf. He definitely, he finally, finally had, you know, at least five catches in a game. That is the first time that's happened since Russell's been back. So I think that's going to keep going. We saw a couple of deep shots to Tyler Lockett. I love seeing that. And the Colts just dominated the Texans once again. And, um, even though Jamal Adams uh, recently um, got put on season-ending IR just just today, which is Wednesday, for his shoulder injury, I think the Seahawks are enough to rally in the Texans. Uh, the Seahawks, I'm taking them minus seven and a half. Um, 
My next game is a divisional matchup here, Panthers and Falcons. Uh, last time these two teams played, the Panthers had their newly acquired corner, Stephon Gilmore, shut down Kyle Pitts the entire game. That's going to happen again. Um, it was a good, good recipe for success there. Uh, the only variable is Cordero Patterson. Um, if he can somehow draw some coverages over towards him and Pitts can kind of open it up, they should – uh, be able to maybe spread it around a little bit more than what they did last time against uh, Carolina, but I'm still taking the Panthers here minus two and a half. I still think they win by a field goal. Um, even with Cam, I think they're a better team than the Falcons uh, defensively and offensively. And the last game of the week here, Saints are going into New York to play the Jets. And Taysom Hill, even though he threw four picks, that Dallas D is actually pretty surprising. I think they're like a top five defense overall. Um, right now in the NFL. So the Dallas defense is, is getting better and better every week, and they played them last week. So I think Taysom Hill will definitely do enough with his legs. He rushed for over 100 yards, too, by the way, in that same game. He threw four picks. So he's going to be able to get it done. They're only favored by five and a half going, you know, going into the Jets. So that that's kind of confusing. That that Saints defense, I know you can you can pass on them, but – Man, Zach Wilson has been a complete wild card when he throws it. Um, they don't have Michael Carter back, so their run game is still like a running back by committee shambles type of type oh, of deal there. Jesus, uh, you yeah. and I, come on. Yeah, yeah right. Oh. Yeah, you oh. and I can start for the Jets right now at running back. It's probably true. I know that I say that all the time, and it's never true, but this time it could be true. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really bad, man. It's bad. Yeah. All the Saints have to do is focus on just making Zach Wilson do what he normally does. And then, so Corey Davis this week, out for the year. Elijah Moore, their dynamic rookie weapon, now has a quad injury. They're not going to be able to move the ball on the Saints team at all. So minus five and a half is just a slam dunk for me, I think, on the Saints. But those are my best bets of the week. Well, there you have it. Anything else, Daniel? Um, I think it's interesting. One thing I saw before we go, that the lions can actually make the playoffs. Did you see this? So I saw, when I saw your note, I just typed in like lion playoff chances and I saw like a detailed 45 point checklist that had to happen. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Like that's the first so, thing that popped up. Yeah. Okay. There, there's like a simulation that they did and obviously the lions have to win the next five weeks. But if all these random things happen, like, yes, there's 45 things that have to happen, but it's like random things like Bills beat the Panthers, Cowboys beat the Giants, you know, Eagles beat Washington. That's, you know, those are the checkpoints. So it's the only unrealistic part of this is that the that the Lions win <laughs> six straight. So I've but got the, if I, they do, they can ahead. do it. Go ahead. If, I, if they do... And all these other things happen. I mean, I don't see anything like way outlandish on any of these other like any of these these other matchups. They all make sense. Okay, so tomorrow when so, you when you go to work, is Sean going to be at work tomorrow? I don't know. Next time you see Sean, I need you to ask him if he would place that bet. Because if he would, you need to do it. You got to do it. Oh, you know he would. If there's if there's a bringing human involved, and there's if it's if it's an available bet. And it's super crazy long shot money. He's putting money on it. You know that. No, come on. If he would really <laughs> yes. do it. Yes. 
Okay. I think you would. I'm not placing that bet. <laughs> well, like I said, the Lions have to win out. The Lions. <laughs> I guess crazier things have happened. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. <laughs> Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. That was All a right. that was a good exit. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you ever listen to the show and laugh to yourself out loud? Yeah, I sometimes do, yeah. Okay. I always feel like a crazy person when I do it, but sometimes I do laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just you. I do it all the time. Okay, good. Why do we think we're so funny? Because we're probably not that funny at all. Yeah, because we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, good stuff. All right, brother. All right, man. Good show. Yep. Good night. Good night, buddy. See ya. Bye. Bye.